This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Five bucks a month, you get a bonus episode and add free episodes. And there's a bunch of other perks for our supporters. And I just want to give a shout out to some of our more recent supporters. William P., Abby, Ramsey, Christopher, Peter F., Diana S., Ken C, Matthew Y, and Mama K. Thank you so much for your support. My Hello. dog growing up was named Ramsey. That's very specific. Apparently he was named after a uh, Cabbage Patch doll. We did not name him. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing really well. I do want to point out right at the top, we're back on our original mics. We were using different mics we last week. We heard your complaints. I know, but I hate these mics is the thing. They're heavy and annoying, so I was really hoping we could swap to the other ones. <laughs> So let's start with this story that I think was tailor-made for this particular podcast because it combines religion Mm. and bigotry Mm -hmm. and controversy and chaos and musical theater. So it's (laughs) everything we've ever talked about all rolled into one. Oh, boy. And let me try to give you my version of this story because it's taken up my entire week. So over the weekend, my family was like, let's go out of town for like just a day we went to like some like little beach nearby. It's fine. It was nice. So Saturday, I'm just like sitting around while the rest of them do fun things. Mm-hmm. And I'm scrolling and I find out basically that some church in Texas has performed Hamilton. Like not a ver- not it's... some parody of Hamilton, not singing some songs from Hamilton, uh-huh. like the actual thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, that's weird. So I go to the church's YouTube page, and they've clearly taken it down. They must have live streamed it Friday night. They have taken down the video, and I'm like, well, damn it. I kind of wanted to see how awful (laughs) this was. So now I can go on TikTok, and I find there people have posted clips of them watching the live stream and mocking it, which is amusing, but I'm also like, I'm seeing clips of this thing, which is interesting uh-huh. i like watching musical theater nerds geek out over how not how bad the performance is mm-hmm. but what they're doing to the show mm-hmm. because jesus makes his way into hamilton yeah. and then i'm also like wow if i'm looking at their screens correctly this kind of looks like the real thing like costumes seem yeah, pretty damn good it does seem like <laughs> a high production standard the, the set looked real and i'm like i need to get this live stream somehow yeah. so this is like saturday morning by saturday afternoon evening uh i am like back in like a hotel with the family mm-hmm. and they're all doing their thing and i think saturday night i someone on twitter who mm-hmm. had been following this says the church says it. the performance tonight, it was Friday night, Saturday night. Okay. Saturday night's performance has been canceled, according to the place where you could reserve your free tickets. The website, like the Eventbrite website, says uh-huh. it's canceled. But the reason he pointed this out is he says, but I have now heard from someone in the church who says they sent out a message to like the congregation saying, you guys, it's still on. <gasps> Which is like, what the hell are you people doing now? So sneaky, just like Jesus was. (laughs) So I'm just like, wait, so this is happening, but they're not showing it publicly to Uh -uh. anybody. What the hell? So by Sunday morning, this is still not huge news yet. Yeah. But by Sunday morning, I believe, someone had now sent me a copy of the live stream from Friday night 
that they had gotten. Stem to stern, the whole thing? The whole thing before Jeez. the whole thing got taken down from YouTube. They, I was oh, like, what a I, patriot. I know. I'm like, I can give you credit. Do you want me to give you credit? He's like, please don't. <gasps> I'm like, excellent. Thank you, sir. So I started sharing clips of this thing. And so this is where it gets kind of bizarre because now I'm looking through the entire thing. Some of the TikTok people missed, as far as I could tell from mm-hmm. my vantage point, you missed some of the things they were doing on the show. Um, among the things they were doing, oh, I should let me back up and say one thing. On Wednesday of last week, mm-hmm. before the Friday night first of two showings, mm-hmm. the church had said, you know, hey, guys, we're doing this big uh, Hamilton show. The pastor gets on stage for the Wednesday night sermon and does like a one minute promo so everyone could get there, could get hyped up about mm-hmm. it, tell your friends about it. And the promo looks like a one minute honest to God trailer, like that looks like the Disney Plus version sure. of Hamilton, like that professionally not choreographed, um, uh, produced. produced version of it. I'm like, holy crap, this is this looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who's putting this together? Truly. That's crazy good. Um, so again, the point of that is this is not some Christian version of the show. This is meant to be the actual right. show. And this is where the problem is. Because if your high school, mm-hmm. let's say they put on some really fancy musicals, mm-hmm. they can't do Hamilton right now. No. If your local theater, professional theater, says we would like to stage music uh, Hamilton right now, they couldn't do it either because the rights to the production are not available yet. Right. This is a big thing. Right. Like if you wanted to perform Grease or something, mm-hmm. you could do it, mm-hmm. but you got to pay the producers of the show, whoever owns the show, mm-hmm. you got to pay them a certain amount of money for the rights to do right. the show. R.I.P. Olivia Newton-John. Right. A real legend. <laughs> so Xanadu at last. That's, that's what you would have to do. You yeah, can't, there's a way to do it. Every musical theater person because, who runs shows knows how to do it. Because I think a lot of people maybe misunderstand like how intellectual property works. Right. And like just because you can buy a CD of something does not mean you can put on a production of that thing. You have to license it. Right. And if you want to sing one song Be- or whatever, I don't think anyone's going to care there. No. You can get around but that. But you can buy the sheet music for those sure. specific things. But you rent their rights because guess what? The person who wrote it and the people who originally produced it, the like these guys are ripping off their costumes exactly that said exactly probably choreography exactly they are taking they're benefiting off of somebody else's work and did not give them either i assume credit or the financial liability not only that if you look at the promo video that Uh, they aired on this wednesday night service they have the hamilton logo like the actual one but nothing about who made the show like they just ripped off the logo too and yeah, the thing you we. mentioned, the sheet music, maybe you could buy the sheet music. That's true. Sure. If you buy the sheet music, someone's getting money that mm-hmm. you just paid for it, but you're the one playing the music. And right. that's also not stealing from like the CD of the show. No, it's the same thing as I can play something on piano the same way as I can play it in my car. Yes. I can't play on piano. I'm not very good. <laughs> so like, that's the thing. I don't believe there's no way that, uh, okay, if the people who made Hamilton, Lin-Manuel mm-hmm. Miranda and his team, if they are not licensing the show yet mm-hmm. to anybody, mm-hmm. you think they're going to say yes to a church? That makes no sense no. at all. Much less a church that, from what I could tell, appears to change parts of the show to make yeah. it Jesus-y. That like. is, I think... So I... Okay. I genuinely believe that these people did not 
do like did not put on this production in a way of like, ooh, we're going to sneak around copyright laws. I think this is just another um, instance of I'm Christian, so I want to do whatever I want, and I'm gonna, and you can't stop me. Otherwise, it's religious persecution. Which I don't know if they've called religious per- persecution mm-hmm. yet. Um, but it's, I don't know, like... It doesn't matter to me that, like, I'm sure people spend... But yeah, I don't, I don't, I think they just don't know how it works and they have the Hamilton or whatever that I have (laughs) that has all of the lyrics and all of the stage shit. And they're like, oh, this would be fun. Like, I genuinely think the way, like, my family and I used to put on plays in our basement, like, oh, this will be a fun thing for us to do and just did not understand. So there's the best case scenario that that, you're saying. That is best case scenario. They were honoring the show. They wanted to put on the show. Mm -hmm. They probably watched the Disney Plus version of Mm -hmm. it. And just tried to copy that. Yeah. I understand that desire. Yeah. But also, yeah, like, shit, rules. They, this wasn't kids putting it on in their basement. This, right. again, the costumes were there. The choreography was there. The set, minus the revolving stage. Sure. The set was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, the cast members must have spent who knows how many hours preparing for this. Mm. Um, the church must have spent how much money creating mm-hmm. all this. And what's also interesting, if you go to the church, the church, by the way, is called The Door. I don't know why. Don't ask. I'm sure there's a Jesus-y reason for it. It's called The Door in McAllen, Texas. So it's The Door McAllen is the church's name. And if you go to their website, they had a space where you could look up plays they've put on in the past. They're put on by what I can imagine. It's the Rio Grande Valley. RGV Productions is Mm -hmm. like their theater um, group that they work like community with community theater or just a church owned group that, whose entire job it is to put on these plays. Mm. And if you look at the plays RGV productions has put on, you could see clips of, or you could see links to despicable me toy story and beauty and the beast, which is to say, and it looks like the Disney pictures or the animated logos of these films which means were you taking the despicable me animated movie and making it into a christian thing aren't the minions specifically bad guys i have no idea toy story did you take the movie or some stage adapt adaptation of it and put that on beauty and the beast there is stated there is a stage adaptation so it's like what i'm very curious though if they use that or just genuinely like watched the movie a bunch and wrote it down and write that down and we'll get back to the beauty and the beast specifically but the thing is if you click on the links to those shows all those videos were also taken down from youtube by the time we get around to this so all i could work off of someone Mm. sent me a link to her instagram reels page where she had like a couple dozen clips she's a theater person herself Mm -hmm. so now i could see longer clips of the show and she's mocking the jesus stuff and i'm like wow they have a lot of changes to the script here this um, is still hamilton right this is hamilton back to and Minions then finally i get the full copy and now mm. i can see it for myself so let's talk about what they changed here let's oh by the way the, uh, that wednesday when the before he aired the promo the uh-huh. pastor aired the promo he said a lawyer with the what? show uh oh, i'm sorry no i take that back i'll come back to that in a second okay. so what's in this thing Here's the op- what's the opening line of the show? How, how, does, d- how does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a yep and a Scotsman and in this version it's uh, how does a scoundrel orphan son of a harlot? It's like well that doesn't eh. fit lyrically. Lyrically, it doesn't exactly fit, but also and okay, is- you're 
making it a PG version of things that aren't even meant to be that problematic. But yeah. okay, that's weird right Can off you, the bat. Okay, I really, I think, I know for a fact I've listened to Lin-Manuel Miranda talk about his writing process and talk, especially my shot. He has this really interesting thing of like, I wanted to do this verse, this verse, this verse, and then, and the last verse sum up everybody in one sentence and I want to like make it the densest you Mm. know what I mean like he put like Sondheim puts a lot of care into the words he picks and to change those words yes because you don't like the word whore which like (laughs) I guess I could see but bastard feels pretty up their alley what did you say a scoundrel scoundrel and a scoundrel is a judgment phrase whereas a bastard is just a fact of birth (laughs) it's bad so far haven't yeah are we gonna do this line by line because i will do this line by line for the rest of the day another line in i think this is uh uh, my shop maybe it's a song right before but you have hercules mulligan saying it's hard to have intercourse over Over four four sets sets of of corsets they just changed that Um, line to something else entirely such a great line by the way for oh my god Mm -hmm. There's a scene where a pastor tells Hamilton he needs Jesus. That one's not even in the oh, I show. I was like, are you thinking of Les Mis? <laughs> nope. Alexander Hamilton just learns about Jesus. Just a guy pops in and yep. is like, what's up? <laughs> cool. Um, there's another scene at the end. There's a famous duel at the end of the show. Spoilers. And one, spoiler, sorry. Um, <laughs> one of the things Hamilton says in the original production is, what is a legacy it's planting seeds in a garden you never get, get to, to see. see. I wrote some notes at the beginning of a song, Someone Will Sing For Me. Mm-hmm. Beautifully written. Gorgeous. I think loosely based off something uh, uh, in this Washington version, actually said. In this version, he's like, what is the legacy? I'm paraphrasing. Oh, no. It's finding Jesus. You're kidding. <laughs> so they just missed the whole point of the entire show? Totally. Um, cool. That's not surprising, <laughs> but it's song. pretty funny. Eliza sings a song at the end about how she opened up the an orphanage. orphanage. Yes. And she says, I helped to raise hundreds of children. I get to see them growing up. Mm-hmm. In this version, see she you, says, Alexander. I helped to introduce these kids to Jesus. Boy. <laughs> and then here's the kicker. At the end of this whole production, which again is not a parody, <laughs> it is the actual Hamilton. They just kind of added Modified Jesus it, randomly yeah. to it. Um, a pastor gets on stage to make the sale because they've offered these free tickets to people to get them in the door. Oh, okay. Maybe you want to see Hamilton. Come on by. We'll give now you the worst version you, of it. <laughs> and now that you're here, I'm going to try to bring you to Jesus. <laughs> hey, gang, right? do you want to see Hamilton, but it's bad? Mm-hmm. And he says there, basically, maybe some of you are struggling with something. Sure. Alcoholism. Mm -hmm. uh, Homosexuality. He says homosexuality. Oh, yeah. He did alcohol, addiction, homosexuality. The big three that they're concerned about, I guess. So all that happens. And it's like, okay, first of all, you're changing the script. Mm. You're putting on this illegally unauthorized version of the show, which you can't do. It doesn't matter that you're a church. But also... At the end of the show, your pastor's coming on to tell people to stop being gay. You just use musical theater. Don't tell people to stop. Boy, oh boy. Is there a gayer form of art than musical (laughs) theater? Lord, you guys. Read the room. Read the room for once. Who made your costumes? Who's doing your makeup? Sunday morning before all these... Who's building your sets? It's strong lesbians. That's what they're doing. (laughs) Before the clip started circulating on Sunday, the pastor, who must have known shit was going on because people were talking about this on Saturday. Now, do you think he's completely 
caught by surprise that they got backlash? Or do you I don't think know he predi- I'm curious about that. Because they've been doing this for years and no one seems to have stopped them. Yeah, but Hamilton so, is a different level yes, than it is. So the pastor Minions, on Sunday morning. which is morning, not a musical. <laughs> Sunday morning, this pastor gets in the pulpit and says, you know, I'm paraphrasing again, mm-hmm. uh, people got a little excited yesterday, so uh, we decided to take down Friday's live stream. Okay. And we did not uh, live stream yesterday's performance. We talked to the lawyer. They told us, you know, we got the license to perform our version of the show. Perform our version. That's the thing he said. We got the license? Who is the licensing Mm -hmm. body that does that? From, and I'm quoting, the Hamilton team is what he said. Sure, yeah. Uh And then he says, we spoke with the lawyer yesterday. It's just a guy in a suit he met in a (laughs) diner. That is exact. Yeah, I'm like, did you see someone with a Hamilton hat? Uh And then just think, well, boom, It just said Ada Burr, and he's like, oh, I know you. (laughs) I remember you. Um, He's like, did... He also said a lawyer with the show we spoke to yesterday gave us the okay to continue last night. But he said, but we won't live stream it. We won't make it, it public. Sounds like a lie. That's why we wrote cancel on the event page, mm. but also said it was still on mm. because the lawyer said you can't publicize it like this. Just do it for yourselves. And I think. So when he said I it think, was canceled, but mm-hmm. it wasn't canceled, what he was doing was. Trying to lie to the public. Lying to that. Trying to lie. <laughs> successfully lying to the public, which to me should be a big red flag if somebody, like we talk a lot about, and we don't always use these terms of like eyes open versus eyes closed. Is somebody scamming you or yeah. does somebody believe a thing sincerely and is bringing you into their like delusions? This is a pretty good example of this. My, my dude has his eyes open. He knows what he's doing and is wrong. He lied about it and did it anyway. And is like, what? Besides the ethics of inserting Jesus into the show where he wasn't before, the, just to be clear, what's the problem with this? The problem with this is, one, the show is not licensed. But what does that actually mean? Right now, if you want to see Copyright Hamilton, infringement. right now, if you want to see Hamilton, there's a few ways to do it. You can go to Broadway, see their version of the show right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a touring company that's been sanctioned by Lin-Manuel Miranda's mm-hmm. team that is going in different cities mm-hmm. and performing it. And you could go when they're within driving distance of your city or right. something. The other way is you go to Disney Plus mm-hmm. and you watch a filmed version of the original Broadway cast. Disney paid $75 million for the right to show that to people wow. because it's not available in any other format. Mm-hmm. Those are the ways you could see Hamilton right now. Mm-hmm. In a several years, I'm sure they will make like a high school version available yeah, for people like who want to do that. Any juniors, whatever yes. they did, and like they uh, do kids' versions of Broadway. I looked shows. this up because I was very curious. I'm like, what's another Broadway phenomenon mm. that made its way to the high school circuit? And the answer that I could think of is Rent. Big musical. Did it ni- make it to the oh, high school yeah. circuit? Yeah. So in 1996, Rent was the big musical. Yeah. Obviously R-rated in terms of what they show, what they sing about, mm-hmm. some parts of it. But that was a huge deal. It wasn't until 2008 that a okay. certain version of the show, minus some of the more uh, over-the-top sexual parts, mm-hmm. uh, 2008 is when that version wow. came out for like high school. 12-year gap. Mm-hmm. Hamilton was 2015. They got a ways to go. Yeah. You know you what I mean? have to be patient. That's what just this, how this works. What this church was doing is staging their own version of Hamilton, passing it off to the public as if you want to see Hamilton, we'll sell. It's we'll, place to do it. It's free. Mm. Come to our church. We'll perform it for you. Oh, they you. didn't charge. They didn't That's charge. sort of an interesting layer. And huh? we'll put it on YouTube because we're live streaming this thing. So anyone who wants to watch it, you don't have to go to Disney Plus. Come to YouTube to our church's channel and you could see a professionally 
produced video video uh, mm-hmm. taped version of this. That's the issue with what they're doing here. My guess is someone, let's say it's a real lawyer from the show, said, you got to stop it. Take down your live stream from Friday night. And like, look. Or even go- just like somebody who goes to that church who's an actual lawyer <laughs> and is like, guys. Yeah. Maybe the lawyer said, we're not going to tell the cast, like all this work you put in, just no, stop it. Go ahead and do it tonight. This is my take. You can do it tonight. Don't live stream it. Don't advertise it. Go ahead, and then you stop. Now you're done, right? That's what I think happened. That feels (laughs) plausible for sure. On Sunday morning also, the Dallas Morning News, I think, was the first to break this scoop. They got in touch with the Hamilton people. The the actual Hamilton people. The actual Hamilton people, and they said... The spokesperson said Hamilton does not grant amateur or professional licenses for any stage productions and did not grant one to the Door Church. They said they sent a cease and desist letter to the church on Saturday, which is why all this shit went down Saturday and they said it was canceled, but it's not. Um, So that was interesting. The Hamilton spokesperson also said they would be discussing this matter with the parties behind this unauthorized production within the coming days once all facts are properly vetted. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of all they said at the time. So that's it's just I wonder if this if this was not a church we were talking about right now and just a local community theater that put on their version of Hamilton. Forget the Jesus stuff. Mm -hmm. And they just put it on. There would not be any controversy about this. It's illegal. You can't do it. They Mm -hmm. would put a stop to it. I think this church got the benefit of the doubt to even continue with the second performance. Sure. But also people are trying to make the argument. I've seen it. I've seen it personally on Twitter where they're arguing like layoff. It's a, they're, these are good people. Stop getting in, stop mocking this church for doing this thing that they did that they clearly put work into. It's like this has nothing to do with their theology or their beliefs, even though I disagree. My, yeah. And I'm mad that they stole something from, by the way, secular <laughs> people. Yeah. And they're like, eh, it's great to perform it for everybody, but yeah. also not great enough that we're going to change it to pass off an intention you right. never intended. Then we're going to add an anti-gay message at the end. Did you... Did, you didn't watch the whole thing, did oh, you? Oh, I watched Did you? Thing. Okay, here's my big question. There's one lyric yeah. that I really want to know if they changed it or not. It's in Quiet Uptown. What's the lyric? Um, so he says, uh, he's talking about, it's Quiet Uptown, and he's bringing his, I bring the children to the church on Sunday, make the sign on the cross of the door, and I pray that never used to happen before. And that, to me, is an interesting line because it is about... Hamilton refining his face subtly, not hitting you know what? a hammer that with it. Isn't one of the things that stuck out That's to it. me, so I wouldn't have noticed if there was a change because in that it's, letter. But I, I imagine they just kept it then. Yeah, I've always thought that was a really lovely mm-hmm. phrase, but also it does imply that for the last 40 years or whatever, he's never prayed before. So that mm. can't be a great, that, that's immediately, that's what jumped into my head. Also, God, I love to sing on mic. <laughs> Just <laughs> kidding. Beauty and the Beast. We were supposed to come oh, back. Oh, we'll come, come back, back to that in a oh, second. I should say, in the days yet? since, uh, now there's a lot more scrutiny on all this. I should say, Lin-Manuel Miranda chimed in on Wednesday of this week. Did he? He said, grateful to all of you who reached out about this illegal, unauthorized production. Now, lawyers do their work. 
Good for him. And always grateful to the Dramatists Guild, who have the backs of writers everywhere, Good. be it your first play or your 50th. The Dramatists Guild, like the union there, basically, uh, said they condemned the Dormac Allen Church. I don't know if it's a union, sorry. Uh, condemned the Dormac Allen Church for its unauthorized production, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. We hold up the Dormac Allen Church's brazen infringement to shine a light on the problematic pattern of some theatrical organizations performing author's work mm-hmm. without a license and rewriting the text without authorial consent. No organization, professional, amateur, or religious, is exempt from these laws. Wow. That's what they said. So here's where we're at right now. The church is done with the show. Mm -hmm. We don't know what the lawyers for Hamilton are going to do. Mm -hmm. I feel like the end result of this, this is purely speculation on my part, is that the church is going to have to issue a formal apology for what they did, Mm -hmm. and that'll be the end of it. I think so, too. I can't imagine the Hamilton people are going to be like, let's go after the church. Yeah, I think that's an appropriate... Like, I think they should be made to apologize. I don't... I mean... I think there's an argument that they should probably pay money to the people who created the thing they ripped off. Yeah. But I could, I if the end of this is the church apologizes, it, moving forward, we'll make sure we are securing the rights correctly so this doesn't happen again. We're sorry. We had the best intentions. Right. But sorry. Um, I would also... Uh, here's I'd be okay with that ending, honestly. I would if, understand If they learned that. their lesson, yeah. which is um, a big if. One thought I had is because there's no dollar amount right now for what would the rights be for a show like this because they're not available yet. One thought is you clearly have enough money to put on a show like this with costumes and the set and everything. Make a nice donation to a local fine arts performance, like a secular theater group of some sort. Yeah, this isn't like a summer stock thing that it's a bunch of 20-year-olds putting on a play in a barn. This is all based off the movie Summer Stock with Gene (laughs) Kelly and Judy Garland is what I understand that to be. But, like, it's not that. They clearly had, from your description, the pictures I've seen, they had people putting in time and money to this thing. They yeah. had resources. They had a lot of resources. So, yeah, give it to people who care about theater. That's yeah. a nice way to make up for it. Well, um, so after all this went down, uh-huh. I got in touch with someone, uh, Chris Peterson, who runs a website called On Stage, uh, and was also one of the first people to write about this oh, whole good. story. What was his name again? Uh, Chris Peterson. Chris Peterson. And uh, one thing he did is he said... Uh, I have a copy of Beauty and the Beast that they put on in 2018, which is one of the handful of performances that he was able to grab My before they shut this all down. My personal friend Chris Peterson is coming <laughs> through with that Beauty and the Beast. And so what? So he shared it with me. Yes. And here's what I got Chris from... Peterson, my hero? Uh, yeah. They put on... Beauty and the Beast. Here's what I take. There's the animated version we all know from uh-huh. like whenever year that was, 91 or two or whatever. Uh-huh. There is the Broadway, Broadway adaptation of that movie. There's more than just the two? And then there was a live action one with like Emma Watson. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot about on. that. I chose, I, I, you know what? I got to an age where I was like, that movie isn't for me and I right. don't want to see it and I'm not going to complain. I'm just not going to watch it. Go ahead, <laughs> damn it. So they must have taken what I could figure was the Broadway script because i found the broadway script online and they were word for word copying it so it was that script okay there was one song that only appears in the live action movie and was not in the animated version that was in this storm mcallen church's version of it which means they stole that from the live action movie too but also they're really slapping and chopping this thing together huh 
they did the exact same thing. The set and the costumes, not as big of a deal, like not as huge as the Hamilton one was. Mm -hmm. And the production quality was not there four years ago. But among the things they did, at one point, Belle prays to an empty stage on an empty stage. She prays for help so that the, to see the beast as more than a monster. Jesus, I know there's good in the beast. Help me see the good in him. Just as you see the good in me. At one point, the beast introduces bell who is now his captive to his library to try to get on her good side. And they're both going through the books and she finds it's the Bible. She finds out they've both read the Bible, and he says, "It's no different from any other fairy tale." But then she reassures him, "It's far more than that." I'm <laughs> so bored by I this. Know. It's all like the problem with this kind of garbage isn't just it's intellectually dishonest, artistically compromised. It's just bad writing mm-hmm. like there's a lot i can overlook if the art is good generally not like any of the bad things but but yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna go into beauty and the beast one of the like classic like millennial stories that all of us grew up on especially those of us who were reading dorks and thought we were <laughs> bell you don't get to just go in there and be like mm, Actually, we think this should have a different moral. Like, this isn't a... F- I mean, it is a fairy tale, but they're not using the original fairy tale. They're using the Disney movie. Yeah. They're not using the... And that's the thing. They're not taking the original, like, very different mm. version of the fairy tale and adapting it for their own yeah. needs, which would be legal and fine. I, they're taking the Disney version <laughs> word for word mm-hmm. with, by the way, in Hamilton and this... They didn't have live bands. They used like a karaoke version of the soundtrack, I played it in the background, even think and of sang that. over it. Does it like, sound like shit? I mean, listen, I'm not even condemning the actors. Is the singing like it is on Broadway? No, but it's it was good. Quality. It was fine. Yeah, but also you can't use their music because now they're playing it on YouTube mm. for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no one's getting ad revenue for the music you're playing in the background. So all sorts of reasons. By the way, my favorite part of the Beauty and the Beast thing, uh-huh. as the beast is dying near the end of the movie, mm-hmm. he looks at Belle and says, "At least I got to see you one last time and know the true love of Jesus Christ." I mean, that's fine. Oh, man. Um, Can I do a small tangent um, about this kind of thing? Yes, please. So I would like to look at the this story, the story of this church in the context of um, an American educational system that does not value arts anymore. Um, And I think we are in a very interesting and strange position Uh, And I think it is really how the GOP like fully shows its ass is they talk about how much they love these works, these, you know, they love Hamilton and they love all this stuff. But but in the same breath are actively seeking out ways to underfund arts programs because they believe they are too liberal but they still listen to the results of those things. So essentially the, if arts programs are taken out of schools and continue to be underfunded, what we're going to end up with is a bunch of like artists who grew up in wealthy families and can afford to study these things without, 
you know, without having a job to do it. And it's just going to be rich people making art. And then these motherfuckers are still going to steal it. I remember immediately after Joe Biden's um, uh, uh, inauguration, Amanda Gorman? Yeah. Is that her name? She read that gorgeous poem. And I, with many other people, were like, wow, I'm glad we all had this amazing cultural moment surrounding this stunning poem that this young woman wrote. Hey, remember to found like fund arts because we all know art is incredibly important to the human experience but for some reason conservatives have decided that only rich people have the opportunity to make art you're not supposed to make money doing art you're supposed to do it for your for your love so if you it just is this absolute bullshit devaluing of art as nonsense anybody who told their parents they wanted to be an actor or a singer or musician you know how they feel about that and i'm not saying that it's not being an artist is a very hard life. I'm just saying that we are, we live in a culture that at once worships creativity and acts like it is the biggest waste of time possible. It's impressive how well we do that. Yeah. I mean, if you want to live off of pure flicks movies and God's not dead for the rest of your life, all right, shut down arts programs. What does it tell you about this church's values, though? Like that they needed all these secular watchdogs mm -hmm. to point out what the ethical high road looks like because ethics to them aren't the main thing ethics are a human construction yeah you can get away with anything if you say you're doing it in the name of jesus I in their minds i believe that's what they think and that's why they continually like push the line or toe the line or whatever and try to see if the irs will finally call yeah. them out if they <laughs> the johnson amendment is that what it is yeah God, which... damn it i was having lunch with my friends and i was trying to remember the name the johnson amendment <laughs> and i couldn't think of it and I, it just came to me now I, I just, what brain. surprised me the most, I think, about the Hamilton thing is because it was such a high quality mm. attempt at mm. this production, they must have had, I'm not going to call out any of the younger people who were in the cast. Mm. Um, they were just doing what they thought was the nice thing to do. I'll give them the benefit of that doubt. But someone at some level who choreographed it or did the costumes or something. Someone had to know you can't do this because they've never done it before with any other group. Someone had to know what copyright infringement looks like and no one said anything or if they did, the church ignored them or something. I have yet to hear that story because again, you can't put together something this high quality, this quasi-professional without anyone knowing that you can't actually do this, which is why they would never have been asked to do this for any other group. Like, the, even the video people. You're telling me you thought you could videotape this production at close-up levels like you did and put the music on and put it on YouTube and no one would have a problem because I promise you, you've never done that with anything else before. What? Have you ever heard of Hanlon's Razor? Which one is that one? Never Ascribe Malice that which is adequately explained by incompetence. Yeah, These but is, I are they all incompetent? Or I, okay, someone had both, to know. Someone we're had both to in know. our mid-late 30s. We've worked in the professional world for a long time. How many people have you worked with who you felt were like genuinely competent and <laughs> world savvy and knew what the fuck was going on? Because I can name them on one hand. <laughs> 
people are Touché. all idiots. I genuinely believe that. Like, we don't even know what we don't know. And I, we are so so proud of our own opinions that we'll just go down whatever we think is right. I hope we find out how this church thought they talked to the lawyers for the show and got permission to do it. I want to know what's behind uh, that. Yeah, actually, that is. Either am, that's a lie or it's a dude in a hat and a briefcase in a dark alley who said, it's fine. Go uh, stage My hat show. says A.Ham, ham, so you <laughs> legally have to trust me. Like, uh, give I, me this briefcase of singles. I so want to know the answer to that. I hope we get that answer before long. Any attempt I've made to get that answer has failed so far. Oh, my but God. But I really want it. Um, I'm I have gonna, a funny story for the bonus episode about me singing a song from the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack at a choral concert and how bad we all fucked up. Excellent. <laughs> uh, let me give you uh, one frustratingly sad story. This is a girl in Louisiana. She's five years old. Her mm. name is Zoe. Apparently, she's lost both of her parents Funny. over the course of years. I don't know what happened to her mom but her mom's no longer around. Her dad apparently died in an industrial accident in 2020. This girl's been through some shit. Um, The one silver lining here is that her aunt, uh, maybe the dad's sister, I'm not sure, but her aunt took her in. um, And basically for the past year, uh, that's been her legal guardian. Mm. So the girl's doing, I assume, a little better now. She went to school last year uh, in the midst of all this tragedy. She went to a place uh, called Bible Baptist Academy. That's where I guess she was already going with okay. her biological parents. I'm when sorry, she, tell me how old she was? Uh, five. Five. Uh, now she's five. So she went to Bible Baptist Academy when her parents were around, and they must have kept her in there. Mm-hmm. Last week, she was set to enter kindergarten, having spent the year there for pre-K. She is now set to enter kindergarten, Mm -hmm. and last week, she just got officially adopted by that aunt. So wonderful. Great. And then the school said, you can't come here now. We're kicking you out. Is the aunt a lesbian? The aunt is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. They kicked her out. And here's what the aunt, her name is uh, Emily Parker, here's what she wrote on Facebook. Uh, And this is what kind of got the ball rolling on this. Bible Baptist Academy is a disappointment. Calling me and Jenny Parker, her partner, calling me and Jenny Parker in for a meeting two days before school starts to tell us that they cannot educate our child due to the fact that we're a married same-sex couple. Even though this isn't her first year to attend. You know what you just taught my daughter? How truly judgmental your church is. How unforgiving and unrelenting you are. Dot, dot, dot. My child has lost so much. Her mother, her father, her whole life has been wrenched away before her fifth birthday. And now her education, her friends, and the teachings of a God that she loves and I support. That's what they wrote on Facebook. That is a devastating indictment of the church. Uh, And not a word was wrong. Yeah. Emily Parker spoke with the news station in Louisiana, KPLC, and the station, uh, she added, the pastor met us in the meeting room and started talking about gender identification, which what? has nothing to do with being gay. Um, I mean, it can, but it's not part and parcel. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they just confused being gay with being trans or what happened there. Well, when you're an asshole, you don't worry <laughs> about the details so yeah. much. She said, and I quote, they didn't think this was a good fit. The church, the the school, in a statement, said this should not be interpreted that we have any hatred or malice toward them. Them being them being the, the gays, yeah. Um, 
So anyway, so that happened. If here's the good news from all this, a bunch of Christian schools in the area mm. reached out to the couple and said, "We're happy to take your child." Oh, that's good. And they actually found one, I think, that is closer to their home. Good, and, and so not full that's, of assholes. And hopefully not full of assholes. That's where Zoe is starting kindergarten. So she'll be okay when she makes some new friends. It's still a church base. I think it's still okay. church based. So. Couple questions that came to Ugh, mind immediately. I hope she thrives. I hope so too. Sweet little girl. <laughs> um, oh, I honey. the question that went through my head is I'm like, okay, regardless of the tragedy that has happened, like, why are you sending this girl to this school? That's kind of what I want to know. If you're in a same sex relationship and you're married, why are you sending this girl to a school that obviously holds conservative anti-gay views? Not that about the matters. original one they tried to send her back to, or this yes, new one? Yes, the original ones. Why would you send her because to that school? Because she needs consistency, because she needs, she's like, her life has been in upheaval yeah. and needs something steady. In my head, that is the answer I assumed. Is it for the sake of continuity, for the sake of, listen, that's where she was, that's where her friends are, let's keep this going. But I didn't know for sure. I mean, they name-checked sure. that, too. The teachers, the, and listen. She sounds like she really likes God, that little girl. And right. she deserves to find... Joy wherever she can exactly. find it. Exactly. Like, oh, these people are fucking yeah. monsters. So I asked. Monsters. I asked Emily Parker, uh, who was in the middle of a gazillion interviews. Mm. Like, I, this is a question I'm this wondering. This is the aunt? This is the aunt. Aunt slash mom? Yeah. I'm like, do you, can you answer, like, why you were okay with sending her to a school that honestly wants nothing to do with you? And she confirmed basically what our theories are here. She said, we were completely aware Bible Baptist Academy is a Christian Baptist school. Um, Basically, what she said is, quote, God was her connection, talking about Zoe, God was her connection to her daddy, and we completely supported her. Mm. Um, And the other thing that was weird, she pointed out to me, is they were so accepting the previous year, we had no idea there would be a problem. Basically saying, when we were just the legal guardians of Zoe, the school had really? her. They were fine. They knew our situation. Oh, so God there was no issue only last year. is mad if you're raising a kid as their legal parent, but not when as their guardian. When the adoption papers go through, that's when that's God the, is mad? That's when Jesus it's, said, it doesn't count anymore. Okay. Kick her out. I don't like what? children. That's pretty Unquote. mean of God, but if that's what he said, I, I don't know how else to... It's uh, in the red letters. Jesus said it Like, somewhere. truly... Emma and I, before this started, we're talking about some friends of mine who, as I said, like, are doing Christianity, right? You know what I mean? They're very religious, very spiritual. I met them because we all do volunteer work together, and they're kind and wonderful human beings. And we're talking about shit like this, and they were just agog. They could not believe that things like... They have made a choice to be a little more insular and don't look at they're not on Facebook and things like that. Um, and when I was like telling them a couple things and stories like this, and they're just confused <laughs> of like, why are they doing this? Cause they want it to be a Christian nation. It's not, well, you and I know that. I yeah. know they sound like fake Christian the thing people I said, and making up. The thing they're I said to Jessica is I'm like, how do you, how do you live in this world where you're insulated from all this stuff that we are inundated with? Mm-hmm. And I realize we're the weird ones oh, here yeah. that live in this like if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're the weird ones. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, give to Patreon. Not everyone thinks about this stuff constantly yeah. and uh, tries to reckon with what's mm-hmm. going on right now. So like in some part, 
I'm mm-hmm. like, good for them for yeah. avoiding all that. And I'm really in a place right now in my life where I'm trying to be better about meeting people where they are. You yeah. know what I mean? Instead of like, you have this opinion and you're an asshole. Like, <laughs> let's talk through it. And I want to be so clear. This family, I adore them with my whole heart. I just love them. But it's just, it's it was a really eye-opening um conversation to have about things like that that there is a major sw- which i guess it's naive that i didn't think this but again we're so fucking inundated with this shit that it feels like every christian in the universe is like trying to get their own lawsuit going because they couldn't like pray on top of their desk or whatever um and it was just a nice uh, eye-opener to uh have such a lovely interaction with my friends let me talk about one low stakes story because we Mm, all deserve that love a low stakes story do you know what sword drills are as like saber like a color guard stuff as in you heard me if you went to an evangelical church and they said we're doing a sword drill oh do we know what that means well i'm still assuming it's you know you know flags when they do the flag tossing Oh, okay. They do that with sabers. I had a okay. friend from Indiana who's really into it. We're just it. tossing swords in the air. Or I mean, something. you're doing cool flips, yeah. and but it, or is it like the army thing that they do the like click things and do the poses and they're all choreographed and they get in trouble if their jeans are wrinkly or whatever. <laughs> if, <laughs> jeans. Their jeans. <laughs> they're jeans. here's the here's what's going on. If you go to like. Christian Sunday school or like the really fundamentalist types, especially okay. But a lot of white evangelical churches, like this is what you do in Sunday school. A sword drill is when you hold up your Bible, like get your swords ready. You hold up your Bible in one hand. Oh, excuse me. Uh-huh. It's a metaphorical sword. Yes. Well, and that's disappointing. It's okay. And I then, thought we were going to be we'll doing real court we'll sword play. And I thought someone's going to lose up, a thingy. You hold up your Bible and then they're like, John seven fourteen. And you got to go to that chapter and verse as quickly as you can and find it it and read it out. Odds are you don't have the entire Bible memorized chapter and verse. So they'll yell out. Christians do. (laughs) They'll they'll yell out maybe some obscure name of a book, chapter, verse. And whoever finds it first is the winner. And it's like a drill. And whoever can find it and recite that chapter, verse, like... Out loud, you win the drill. How boring. I bring that up. When you start talking about swords and it's just knowing trivia, this is not interesting for me. You're not alone. Hang on. So if you go on YouTube right now and type in Christian sword drills, you're going to see examples. You really will be. You'll find examples of people doing this because for a lot of Christians who grew up in this shit, it's like, oh God, oh God, the memories. Oh no. But I bring this up because on Twitter, someone must have jokingly said on Twitter to someone else, I will out sword drill any Christian, any Christian man, something like that. Twitter suspended him for violating their rules about violent threats. Twitter's terrible. For saying, I will out sword drill any Christian, thinking oh, you're going to use a sword against a Christian. And uh, Tyler... Honestly, though, somebody threatened me <laughs> with this sword. It would feel pretty low stakes, because I do have doors, and doors are pretty effective against swords. To his credit, Tyler Huckabee, who is a writer for the Christian uh, magazine Relevant, posted a screenshot of that, of someone else doing that, and said, when I tell you, I screamed. 
It's like, oh my God, Twitter has no idea that the thing this guy is referencing is a silly Bible thing they used to do. They actually think it's a violent thing. And it just made me laugh. And the responses to that tweet are from a lot of people with a lot of memories of doing it themselves. So funny. So funny. Um, Let's talk about this awful New York Times guest essay they posted this week. There's two parts to it. There's the headline, and then there's the actual article. Okay. The I'm headline. Nervous. I'm nervous. New York's hottest club is the Catholic Church. Okay, so I did see that headline, <laughs> and then my head exploded, so I don't remember anything mm-hmm. after that. I genuinely, I assumed it was parody. Yeah, it- I mean, they're obviously referencing Stefan from Saturday Night Live, who did a bunch of sketches where he started off, New York's hottest club is I don't know something. if I would say that's an obvious Stefan reference. It's, I think that's just a, a thing people reference. used to stick. It's a Stefan reference. Well, it's, it's not a very it's good the, one. It's not. If it's a Stefan reference, you have to do all of the list of the weird things that happen and then say, whatever. You I'll keep do the list for you. By you. I'll tell you the list right here. So the, the New York's Hottest Club then means we're talking about the place where sexual child sexual abuse has been a rampant problem for decades, where women are forbidden from participating in the highest levels of leadership, where abortion rights and the existence of trans people are both denied where same-sex marriage is considered immoral, where financial scandals never end, where medical care can be denied for only dogmatic reasons, mm. where cultural genocide thrives, if you look at what they're doing to like those indigenous schools sure. in Canada, where lobbyists fight against laws that would benefit victims of abuse, and where the rules of celibacy require some priests to keep their families a secret. That's apparently what all the cool kids want right now. So the headline everyone was mocking because like the Catholic Church, there's nothing cool about it. It's genuinely harmful to make light of it, even if you're trying to be funny, whether or not you succeed, what are you doing? So that was bad enough. And like I don't know if I agree with this take. Which take? Um, the idea that, uh, to me, it feels very, uh, and again, I haven't read it. I'm just basing this off what you just told Mm -hmm. me. It feels very satirical of like, this is what you guys all want, right? Women can't have sex and nobody can do anything. And every, like, this is the future the conservatives want is my, is my understanding of it. But I could be wrong. The argument this writer, the writer is Julia Yost, who's the editor of a conservative journal called, called First things. Oh. Um, and here's the thing. Her argument is that traditional Catholicism, just talking about the beliefs and the rituals, is like in vogue amongst a group of young, educated Americans, her words. Is that true? Uh, I mean, is this founded in anything or just... I was looking for like numbers to back it up. two of her friends just became Catholic and now she that thinks was the it's question. a trend? Okay. Is it a couple of friends or is it? are there numbers to back this up? Mm. And I was like, who are you citing in reference Who's to Catholicism? Who's more cool. religious in the year of our Lord 2022? The answer is... Have a hand, we been let down enough? A handful of like quirky podcasters is the answer. It's like two of her friends who host podcasts, or maybe she's not friends with them, but they host little podcasts where they say things like, we like the rituals and stuff. Here's, here's what she wrote. And by the way, I'm going to read you exactly what she wrote for one paragraph, and I will preface it by saying one of the comments that I loved on the New York Times like comment thread for this article was, I've been out of grad school for so long that I forgot that people actually write like this. 
because it's so bad. Okay, wait for it. Oh, funny. Okay, okay got you. Just keep in mind the in, re- goal, in response to this article. Yeah, keep in mind the goal of any good like guest article, guest mm-hmm. essay is. I know something you probably don't. I'm going to try to explain it to you mm-hmm. in a way that makes sense for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what a good type of opinion article is. It is it okay if daddy's nose is in your junk while you don't read eh, this to me? It's <laughs> happened before. All right. So here's, here's the part of the essay. Today, Catholicism again stands athwart political progress and norms governing sex and gender. Athwart? It, athwart. It violates a liberal progressive dispensation that many young Americans find both malign and banal. By disparaging traditional gender roles and defining human flourishing in meritocratic terms, progressive moralism militates against young people's attainment of basic goods, marriage, and procreation. Miss Levy has remarked that she was raised to get a job, But her more profound desire was to start a family, a desire that conflicts with the imperatives of meritocracy. I tried to translate that. Here's what I got. Tell me if this makes more sense. Catholicism promotes conservative politics and traditional values that are out of date for good reason and also outright bigotry against certain groups of people. But it also wants you to have a family and babies, unlike them evil liberals. And I know a young woman who wants a family and babies. Therefore, Catholicism must be onto something. That's how Why I took Why did the that. New York Times publish this? Such a good question. I don't know. To what know. end? Like to, to maybe add on to our fair and balanced? My best case version of what this article is saying is there are some rituals in the Catholic Church and some old school traditional ideas held by the Catholic Church that some young people, basically a handful of podcasters and hipsters, mm. are like, this sounds like a great... I like being quiet and praying to my rosary because I can get away from the world. Sure. Yeah, it's called meditation, whatever. Call it whatever yeah. you want. It's fine if you like that sort of thing. Yeah, it's great. If you want to have a family and jobs, or I'm sorry, a family and babies and stuff, also fine. Mm. Being a liberal or wanting a career does not preclude you from doing Listen, any of that. be careful if you want to have kids. I am babysitting my niece and nephew <laughs> a lot, and they're always wet. Why are babies always wet? Um, oh, Just man, so many reasons. everywhere all the time. Yeah. It's just... It's worse so when you don't know why. Yeah, that's where I'm living. Yeah. I'm not a mother. I don't know where all these fluids come mm-hmm. from and what they mean and what's poisonous to yeah. me. Here's another paragraph she wrote. My own embrace. I was trying to figure out, like, what's you, what's your connection to Catholicism other than knowing is she some... not Catholic? She is. Oh. My own embrace of Catholic moral teaching came about in college when I saw how it had shaped the imagination imagination of a great apostate, James Joyce. By comparison, my liberal moral formation offered nothing either to daunt or to inspire. Like I wasn't listening. It was so boring. No, I know. I everyone checked out about a sentence into her piece. But like the fact that she wasn't inspired by liberal values and captivated by some dude's philosophical journey, that's not a convincing argument to join her team. Like I'm constantly inspired by progressive activists who speak out for, like, social justice and against corruption. But, like, if you're not and you're inspired by a podcast where someone says, and I shit you not, she actually quoted this. Yeah. There's not a problem in the world that three Hail Marys can't fix. Like, congrats on having no real problems. I'll tell that to my 99-year-old grandmother who died (laughs) of dementia. Yeah. If she'd only said a few Hail Marys, she'd be alive and miserable today. In the entire article, 
There is no reference to the abortion situation or LGBTQ rights. There's no reference to child sex abuse and like grappling with the idea that you might like some of the traditions of the church, right. but you are, you still got to grapple. If you want to join this particular organization, mm-hmm. it comes with some baggage right. and you got to deal with it. I'm not even telling you, you got to stop believing in God. Right. I don't care. But if you're saying, no, 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 it's not just tradition. It's not just solitude or thinking about something bigger than yourself. It's the Catholic church. Then no, then the burden's on you to tell me why I should ignore all that other stuff or at least why it's not that big of a deal to you. Um, And by the way, it's not the first time they've done this. They've had articles about quote unquote weird Christians. That was the phrase they used to describe themselves for saying the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. We're a group of fun little hipsters who Mm -hmm. like these old traditions. Aren't we weird and quirky? Like, no, you just ignore the horrible stuff. Listen, in 2008, the hipsters drank PBR. In 2022, (laughs) the hipsters are being Catholic and drinking wine. It's fine. They can do whatever dumb shit. I don't give a shit. I was looking up. What? 20 hipsters are Catholic now? Who cares? Uh, I was looking up, what else has she written um, in First Things, this magazine? And one of the articles I found was a defense of Cardinal George Pell. Yeah. Who is, who is George Pell? The high, at one time, he was the highest ranking Catholic official. And to what be is he found, now? Uh, um, he was found guilty of child sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. His lawyer referred to it as nothing more than a quote, quote, plain vanilla sexual penetration case where the child is not actively participating. Um, So rape? Yeah. Is what I heard. Pell's conviction, I should say, was controversially overturned later on because a judge said the jury jury didn't take into account any possible defense that he might have had. They were only caring about what the victim said. Well, did they not have a defense? They had a defense, and the judge said, I don't think the jury took it into account, really. Well, that sounds like the defense's problem and not the judge's problem. Whole different can of worms. But her article was in defense of Cardinal George Pell. Not on any legal technicalities, but like, eh, he didn't really do this, you guys. Honestly, I want to take what I just said back. I don't think somebody deserves to be guilty if they can't hold fancy counsel. That's a bad opinion I just if said. You, if you look up on the New York Times website, like Catholic Church Scandal, mm. they have pages upon pages of articles about it or original reporting on it. And then they'll publish essays like this with a headline like, you know what's cool these days? The Catholic Church. It's like, do you, any of you read your own paper? I mean, it's, it's clickbait in it abso- service The headline of- is, yes. I mean, it's clickbait because at this point, capitalism has decided that (laughs) the only way newspapers get to survive and thrive is by getting clicks. And these kinds of headlines get us a lot of clicks, but I don't think, I would argue they don't do a lot to inform the public in a way. Um, And it sucks that the media is uh, buckling under the weight of capitalism. I think that fucking sucks. I would just add, there's nothing uplifting or transgressive, much less trendy, about the Catholic Church. It's honestly a slap in the face to victims to yeah, pretend, pretend otherwise. It's transgressive is <laughs> embarrassing. It is really irresponsible, at, on another end, to promote the church's traditions without at least condemning very specifically the damage the church has caused and continues to cause mm-hmm. and will cause, mm-hmm. um, to just ignore all that and say, you know what's cool? Catholicism. Like, don't. 
don't write about that. Don't say that unless you're willing to grapple with the flip side of that. Sure. Um, or don't write it. How's yeah. that? Don't write it. Don't say yes to a piece like that if yeah. you're the editorial board. I was listening to My Favorite Murder today, and Karen Kilgariff was talking about a Catholic ritual that is no longer a thing called Stations of the Cross. Have you ever heard of uh, this? The phrase is familiar. I couldn't tell you what it Apparently is. Apparently, it was uh, young people had to do something that like re um, like made you go through all the things that Jesus went through on the way to getting crucified. So he get, they get like quote unquote whipped or whatever. Oh, yes. And she was like, it was, you know, this is the age she was born in um, 69. So this has been like late seventies, early eighties. And she's like, it took three hours. Girls passed out every time. It was just the most dramatic thing. And then it, she's like, I think we were the last, like, generation that got oh. that because we became parents we're like actually no <laughs> let's not simulate let's hope that's the case murdering our children i don't think that's especially helpful uh here's a follow-up for you we talked maybe a couple of weeks ago about a school board in kansas in hayes kansas that a satanic temple member a mother who has three kids in the district went to a school board meeting and said your dress code is problematic, not at the high school level, but at the elementary and middle school level. So you said this is public or private school? Public. Okay. Uh, she went to the school board meeting and said, your dress code says specifically, uh, one of the items on the dress code, items of apparel that are considered distracting, unsafe, offensive, revealing, or suggestive should not be worn. That's all well and good. Okay. That's fine. Pretty then big. they gave specific examples of oh. what they meant. Th- that included references to alcohol, drugs, sex, profanity, gang affiliation, tobacco, and Satanism. And so she went to the school board meeting and she's like, Satanism should not be on the list. I'm a Satanist. It is religiously offensive. I mean, it's religious discrimination to call out my beliefs specifically. Yeah. um, Because she's right. Like, if you wore a shirt that says, I love Jesus, that's fine. A kid can do that. If you wore a shirt that says, I love Satan, apparently you're going to the principal's office. No, I, uh, I'm a Satanist and I wear blazers and sensible heels. There's nothing wrong (laughs) with Satanists. Right. And honestly, like if you want to call out like what's evil Satanism, at least a modern version of it, yeah, is, yeah. is not what you think it is. Like, Satanism is just like people kind of goofing on Catholicism. That's genuinely what it is. <laughs> and so, it's great. <laughs> so she made the case. And honestly, if you listen to the video of that school board meeting, mm. she had people like, oh, I never thought about it that way. That's a very interesting thing you bring up. Feel like a butt is coming? Yeah, there will be. Okay. But like she made that case. And the thing they basically said is we could just have the dress code say everything it just said. We could remove Satanism from the list. We could remove all examples from the list and just say if it's disruptive, distracting, unsafe, illegal, then, yeah. then no, which is fine. All of that would be fine. You mean she was offering a really chill solution yeah. to something that didn't have to be a problem, but she would like to address? Yep. And uh-huh. it seemed... And, and it went well? Where they went a couple of weeks ago is they said, all right, why don't we have the administration of the district rewrite the dress code Bring it to us, because we're meeting again in about two weeks. Okay. Bring it to us, and then we can check that out and consider it. Which is exactly what you want them to do. They're not going to make a decision on the spot. Sure. But they said, okay, fine. Put the wheels in motion. Change the dress code. Bring it back to us. We will decide on this in a couple weeks. Okay. We talked about this two weeks ago. Well, they met this week, or I should say like the end of last week, to finally discuss a revised version and they voted five to two to keep the old version in place. Cool. Satanism is still banned. And like the two people who raised 
concerns, valid concerns, like not concerns. The two people who spoke out at the school board meeting two weeks ago and said, huh, this is interesting. We never thought of it this way. We should probably change it. Both of them voted to adopt the new version. They did the right thing. Five of these people said, nope, keep the old version. What are their reasons? Well, here's one board member. Uh, his name is Kurt Vajnar. He said it doesn't give them... He, he was referring to kids being allowed to wear whatever they want now. He said it doesn't give them every right they want. If that was true, I want my kid to be the starting pitcher. Uh, and I want my other kid to be the starting quarterback at the first home football game. Wait, what? Yeah, no, that's the what? right no, reaction. No, no. Can you read that again? Because I want to try to follow it. if kids are allowed to wear whatever they want and they want to wear so satanic clothing... Saying- if kids wear whatever they want, then they think they get whatever they yeah, want. Yeah, and therefore, and what if my kid wants to be the starting quarterback? I guess, he, what, should we just let him be the starting quarterback? Which, I don't understand how that is even in the neighborhood of being similar. Not even. It's like the obvious wrong answer on an SAT test. And this genuinely feels very much like the, oh, we let two men get married? What's next? Men getting married to crickets? Right, like, right. what? No, who's that's, saying that? That's exactly it. Um, another board member, Ken Brooks, um, if some, what you're saying is that if someone comes and complains, we've got to live in fear and change everything every time someone comes and complains. If there hadn't been that complaint that night, we would have all approved it as is, the old dress code, and there wouldn't have been any controversy at all. Yeah. To that, I will say, you're probably right. If no one brought this up, we probably wouldn't be talking about well, it yeah, right now. If slaves weren't so insistent on being free, we wouldn't have had the Civil War. But that's just not how the world works, my right. dude. I mean, what's the purpose of a school board meeting? If someone comes to you and says, we have a problem that you Fucking can fix. Fucking deal with it. We're doing 19th century schoolhouses. Yeah. Everybody's in the same place. They just have little dumb chalkboards that they have to wipe <laughs> off. And all they do is practice their letters. Congratulations. Yes. This is the educational like, system now. Of course. The school board meeting is where people come to complain, and then the school board and is supposed things. to weigh those arguments and consider them and then make a decision. Like, why are you complaining about your job, and how the hell did sh- this mom make you live in fear? What are, you, what are you fearing exactly? She should be thanked for bringing it up, not treated like a pest. And then the board president, uh, Craig Pallister, he brought up the fact that, like, when he was a president of the middle school, we could have added 300 items to the prohibited dress code list. He said, quote, we live in a society right now where everyone is trying to push their values, dot, dot, dot. Not very many of them are able to say it's because it's good for kids. Which, letting kids wear what they want is fine. It's not, listen, if they wanted to wear a shirt that said something disruptive or offensive or something, we can have a discussion about whether that should be allowed in school because I could easily understand an argument that says this particular shirt is distracting and offensive and we're, you're distracting kids from learning, which is a problem. But just saying I'm a Satanist or, you know, I belong to the Satanic Temple, which is all we're talking about here, mm-hmm. that in itself should not fall under any of these problematic uh, things in the dress code. So, like, again, these boards are full of awful people. They yeah. can be. If you are concerned about any of this stuff, please consider running for your school board yeah. or anything. Heaven and I <laughs> cannot run for office. 
Ew, we would be laughing stocks, but you guys, you listen. We've keep spent our too many years secret. creating opposition research it's on ourselves. Truly, all this is Zappa research. It's just probably six hundred hours. <laughs> um, I should say uh, today, Thursday, August eleventh. The uh, Freedom from Religion Foundation has today written a letter to the school board saying what you are doing right now with your current dress code is religious discrimination. I don't know if that means they're going to take action, file a lawsuit, do anything like that. Mm -hmm. But listen, if any kid in this district, elementary or middle school, I I did ask her, by the way, to the mother, are your kids going to wear something satanic, like to school? Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted her to be like, yeah, they are. She did not say that. She was, she's a much better person than I am. Yeah. She said, it'll be up to my kids. Well, she cares about her kids and you <laughs> use your children as <laughs> political is, props. I've correct. always said that about right. you. So she said, I don't know if my kids will. It'll be up to them. But it's not on her kids. Anyone in the district who is an elementary or middle school student, if you want to wear something that says, I heart Satan, mm-hmm. let's find out if you get punished for it. Because there's nothing inherently offensive about that shirt. And it could make for a very interesting experiment. Or not experiment. even I heart Satan. Satan just Church of, you know, whatever. Yeah, just, just Satanic Temple. Boom. Yeah. Church I mean, of Satan. It, boom. Do you know what this feels like? Is you remember back in the day uh, when we were doing a lot, we had a lot of lawsuits in regard to bus uh, bus ads and billboard ads. Mm-hmm. Atheist. Uh, uh, athe- some thank you. Bus campaign. Some uh, metro <laughs> ad stations are like, we're not running your atheist group's ad because it might be offensive, and, even though you can make them completely innocuous. And genuinely, if I remember correctly, maybe you can help me is that there were some that literally just said atheism yeah and then like go to the as a test for, case or, or, or whatever i'm uh, just like oh just the word is so offensive to you that there was nothing we could have yeah. done there were some ads that said like there's there's nothing in the sky whatever there's no higher power they worded it better but at some point in i think philadelphia one of the ads was just Atheists, atheism, Mm. something like that, Mm -hmm. period. That's it, one word. And they said, we can't run this ad. Yeah. There was a lawsuit over that sort of thing, too. But, like, that's the thing. If the belief itself is the problem here, we have a problem. There's a legal problem here. And it's not going to the substance mm-hmm. of what you're wearing. I, it, public schools do not have the right to decide what or is or is not in a quote-unquote appropriate religion. They just can't do that. They simply can't. Uh, one last quick story for you uh marjorie taylor green oh jesus uh, i know that's the right answer to anything involving her she was at cpac this week and one of the things Wait, cpac is this week there was one version of it victor orban spoke at it the hungarian dictator uh, that it. oh he's dictator crazy. you say they loved him because they want trump to be like him anyway one of the things marjorie taylor green said at cpac is we need to be the party of nationalism. And I'm a Christian, and I say it proudly, we should be Christian nationalists. She sure did Wait, fucking She went say on to that. say, yeah. I also call myself a Christian nationalist, and that's not a bad word. That's actually a good thing, right? And she also said, I have nothing to be ashamed of because that's what most Americans are, Christian nationalists. Which is not true, just to get the numbers out there. Most Americans are barely Christian, but they're certainly not Christian nationalists. And just to give you a number on this, in 2021, the Pew Research Center ran a different kind of poll where they said, we want to know what percentage of, like, Republicans, and they gave a spectrum of things. There are some who are, like, progressive left, but you call yourself a Republican, or outsider, 
left. Maybe a stressed sideliner. I'm sorry, are you, are these people selecting their own things? Or are you like filling in questions and they're saying, oh, you're a... They tried to categorize the spectrum of Republicans okay. and Democrats. Because okay. there's a difference between like hard right crazy extremists. Of course. And Liz and Cheney, Adam Kinzinger type. Centrist, yeah. Yeah. So they said among like the quote faith and flag conservatives, which I've was their... I've never no- heard that expression. They made it up. helpful. <laughs> they basically used that. Faith and flag is great. Yeah. This is all you care about. Christianity, nationalism, theocracy. Mm. If that's you, because they didn't want to say extremist crazy people. People who still fly Trump flags. (laughs) They said that represents 23% of Republicans. And Republicans represent? And Republicans represent however many people. But like, this is a small fraction Mm -hmm. of Republicans. It is certainly not most Republicans, and it's definitely not most Americans. So generously, it's... 40% Um, of half of the people? Yeah, it's 10% of the public at best. 23% of Republicans, 10% of the public who would call, we would describe as Christian Mm -hmm. nationalists. But they say they're Christian, so we have to do whatever they want, right? Yes, exactly. So, I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is lying. She is wrong. None of that is news. I know. But also, I'm kind of taken aback by the fact that people like her are now embracing Christian nationalism, even though it's a pejorative. I'm fine with this. I am fine with everybody saying the words out loud instead of speaking in code. I have no problem with this. If you want to call yourself a Christian nationalist, that's fine with me. You're a white nationalist? All right, fine. You don't have to wear the hood. We get it. No, I understand what your hopes and dreams are, and it's fine if you're celebrating the end of Roe v. Wade. I I get who you are, and I don't like you, and goodbye. Let's talk about this arson. I thought you said we were done. Sorry, it was your story that you wanted to talk about. Oh, this is my story? (laughs) Uh, There was an arson at a Planned Parenthood in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Uh, While you're talking about that and getting that up, I mean, we say this Today, earlier, there was a man, like, firing shots at a CIA center in, like, Cincinnati. Really? I think they got him finally, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't follow any of this stuff. Uh, So in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is where Western Michigan University is, where I almost went, go Broncos, question mark, Mustangs, um, a man named Joshua Barrington, he's 25 years old, is 25 years old, um... At 4 p.m., which is a banana's time to commit arson, he, oh, I guess it's closed. He breached the fence and used, uh, and basically tried to set the place on fire, but he used, like, a fireplace starter log to do it, and so it caused pretty minimal, like, no structural damage, a little bit of like cosmetic damage. It was put out in 10 minutes. They opened the next day on schedule at 1 p.m. And this motherfucker is going to jail. And I'm just delighted. <laughs> so to we tried see to set fire to this place, sucked at it. Terrible at it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now he's probably going to go to jail. Minimum, uh, I think maximum sentence or minimum shit is five years. I don't remember if it's minimum. Yeah, I'm, if convicted, he faces a five year minimum. Five year minimum. To, up to 20 years if he's convicted of arson. Oof, um, I love it. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing that the dumbest people in our country right now are also the most violent. Like, the thing about Trump hmm. and his team, as we're learning from the January 6th hearings and all that, is that they're all really fucking stupid. And if they weren't this dumb, man, I'm scared of what they could have gotten away with. So I'm pretty deep down a Watergate rabbit hole at present. Hmm. And my main takeaway from this is every 
buddy has no idea what the fuck they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they do what they can to get away with what they can. They do what they can to stay in power, but stay out of jail. They're all power-hungry idiots. I think there are some people out there who are trying to do the right thing, but not most men who actually control things would be my my guess. I don't know. I just think it's... Yeah, our dumbest people are the loudest and the most violent and... And they want more power. Want more power anyway. and are going to get more power probably. I don't know. I feel like maybe twenty in 20 years when more people die, we'll be better off. <laughs> Is that an okay thing to say? Absolutely not. Is this why I'm not going to be able to run for yes, governor of I Illinois? I was about to chime and in my, with that. And my that large is the only tax fraud history. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put it all together. Yeah, I'm a, a queen governor. <laughs> Maybe in 20 years when fewer people are around, we'll be like, we made a mistake down yeah. the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have lots of subjects to talk about oh God. Okay. for our bonus episode. I actually, as I told Hemet when we sat down, I was like, I actually wrote notes last night instead of frantically writing them while we're recording. So I want to talk to you about, well, I already talked a little bit about Watergate. There is a, a show called Slow Burn, which was a podcast that I loved. The show is even better. Um, I watched a documentary last night called American Tongues that I really want to talk to you about. Um, I watched a new pod, uh, a new document. I'm obviously in a documentary like uh, uh, Wormhole, uh, the Woodstock 99 documentary, which I think is on <laughs> Netflix. It's three parts. Um, and also I'm going to Ren Faire on Saturday. Um, that's not even a bonus thing. I just want to tell if anybody's at Ren Faire on Saturday, I'll, I was going to say I'll be wearing something. I don't know what I'll be wearing. I just put a lot of shit in a bag, and we'll see what happens. Nice. There so, you go. Yay, Ren Faire. Bristol Ren Faire, Wisconsin. <laughs> it's the best place in the world. It's going to be It's gonna be 80 degrees and sunny. I've only ever been to Ren Faire when it's like 97 degrees <laughs> and miserable. So nice. this is just very exciting. My, my best friend from Louisville is coming up. You guys have heard of her a lot. I'm just excited about this weekend. Everything's good except for everything we talked about today. Hemet, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you could find me at Hemet Meta on Twitter. If you are in uh, Southern Ontario uh, at the end of the month, I'll get you a date here in just a second. On August 26th and that weekend, I'll be in Southern Ontario for Baja Khan. On September 3rd, I'll Baja be in Khan. Baja Khan, B-A-H-A Khan. Um, and like then I'll be in Louisville, Spanish Kentucky. For beach? Not even. Uh Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky Free Thought Convention on September 3rd. If you want a discount for tickets, use the promo code FRIENDLY. Somebody, <laughs> last week I made a joke about how nobody invited me and somebody tweeted like, you can come if you want. I was like, no, no, I know I can come. <laughs> I want somebody to pay for me to come. <laughs> this is me being an absolute asshole. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Jess Blumke. Um, and, oh, I think I mentioned this last week. I am shutting down my Etsy shop because Etsy is a garbage company. I have one last thing that I am working on, um, that I should get out in the next week. Um, however, if anybody does want to, uh, buy a custom cross stitch, truly email friendlyanthespodcast at gmail.com. Um, and I'm be happy to work something out for you. They're going to start at a hundred dollars though. So just start there because they take hours and hours and hours. And I have fewer hours now that I have three jobs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.